Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another wonderful kick-ass conversation with Louise and Kim. I am Kim. That is Louise. The other one. <laughs> and we are joined by the none, only, none other than, the, <laughs> look, see, it's live and I am <laughs> tripping all over myself. Jen, just Jen. We're joined Jen. by Jen, Jen Vertinen, and we will learn more about Jen in a little bit. Um, but we want to start off today, uh, like we do every week, with what are we celebrating? celebrating today? Um, I am celebrating uh, flexibility, um, not body movement, but flexibility in my business and um, how I've designed it to be a little location independent, to be able to like, take my show on the road. Sometimes I do feel like, right, like a, what is it? I, I imagine that, that that uh, it's a one a one woman show, right? Where I'm doing all of the things all of the time, and I get to take that with me everywhere I go. So that's a little bit of my celebration uh, this week. I like I love being flexible and being able to um, go where I need to, where I want to, um, and still run my business. So that's been really fantastic this week. Louise Neal, Eve Ensler 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I'm celebrating the other flexibility in that I got back to my yoga mat last week and I turned 53 tomorrow and my joints are, my joints on vacation told me it was time to get back to that. So I'm celebrating that for sure. Getting my bendy stretchy on. Mm, bendy flexies. Love it. Yes. Um, and, and welcome to the 53 club. I personally, um, I turned 53 uh, in March and it has been pretty good so far. I'm looking I, forward to it. Right. Um, I spent my 53rd birthday walking up um, to me. It was a mountain. It probably to other people was a hill. Um, but, you know, it was a five kilometer hike in the snow with no like paths. Wow. You slide, right? So, yeah, it's welcome to 53. It's awesome. Thank you. It's all a mindset, anyways, right? For like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Love oh, it. my celebration. Um, so I was like, before we move on, because I was about ready to move on. Um, I am celebrating. I also am celebrating flexibility. I am celebrating the flexibility of time, of trying to um, really live into how I create rhythms and routines and how I am a flexible human being who can shift those routines and rhythms around to fit what I need best. Um, I am the kind of person who likes to build the scaffolding um, of, of, of a plan, of a routine, and then likes to have flexibility within it to do what I want to do. And as I've learned that within my business, within my family, within my life, it's really allowed me, it's, I, it's kind of like I'm flinging around on the monkey bars of the scaffolding and just having fun inside of it. So that that feels like a really good thing to celebrate as well today. So I love yeah. it. Look at all us. Look at I know flexibility. Um, Too bad that's not the theme of today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we will see how that all works in because uh, we just never know sometimes where our conversations go. True, um, for sure. But um, yeah, so um, I get to introduce Jen today. Um, Jen, we met uh, just pre before times. Uh, just pre-pandemic, yeah, the the world changed, and uh, we met in our coach training um, at CLCC in California, and that was just such a such a special time for me. And 
uh, I would have to say that everyone I met on that weekend in Petaluma um, holds a special place in my heart. So I'm really glad that you're here today um, for Kick-Ass Conversations. And I, I, love, uh, I love your podcast, so I know we're going to have a great one. Thank you. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Fantastic. So let me do a quick uh, little intro. Um, so Jen Vertenen is a certified life coach and creator of the self method. Um, and she's on a mission to help unhappyish women, typically 40-ish plus, stop breaking, uh, oh, if there, if there ever is, and start living a life uh, that has you jumping out of bed, excited to do it all over again. Oh, uh, mission dear to my heart as well. <laughs> and has been on the front lines with her own personal transformation from loneliness and self-loathing to not only loving, but liking herself and her life, as well as the thousands of lives she's helped throughout coaching and podcasting. Using her signature candor, humor, and unique approach to doing the work, Jen wants the world to know it's never too late and you're never too old, but you do kind of need to get going. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. When uh, Jen's not coaching or thinking up new exercises for clients, you can find Jen unwinding at the end of the day, curled up with a glass of dry red and a cozy blanket, uh, how I spend my winters, um, for sure. I'm all about the creature comforts. <laughs> I love it. And you mentioned uh, one of my fave shows, too, here in your bio about binging uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, um, yeah. So good. So happy it's back. I know. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, um, I love it. And uh, you're joining us uh, from St. Paul, Minnesota today. Yeah. Um, yeah thanks for it. having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really glad you're here. Um, tell us a little bit. So, you know, as I was reading that bio, it's like it's it's all of you and who mm -hmm. you are kind of weaved into what you're putting out in the world through coaching and through your podcast. But I want to know how you ended up doing what you're doing. Um, I'm fascinated by our career journeys because they're never a straight line. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's full of twists and turns. So yes, I'm a coach. I'm also, uh, I do have a day job. I'm one of the odd ones who absolutely loves my day job too as a project manager. And so I've been mentoring since I would say high school when I was the one who would take, um, take kids under my under my my wings, if you will, um, kids that maybe weren't as popular, um, had had some hard stuff going on. So I've been coaching and mentoring, I think, my whole entire life. But as a develop, uh, software development project manager, I've also, I had done a lot of team coaching. But in, I had turned 40, no, I had turned 41. So this was back in 2011, I was just burnt out in my day job. And I, I told my husband, I, I can't, go back in. I, if I'm going back into the office, I'm giving my two weeks. I'm just, I'm done. Um, and I decided at that point in time that I wanted to become a health coach. So I went through Institute of Integrative Nutrition and became a health coach. And I didn't really like that. I tried it on for size, didn't fit. I was like, oh, I'll be a business coach, right? I've worked in corporate my whole life. I'll do that. Mm, you know, that was okay. It didn't light me up. Then I was like, I'll be a life coach <laughs> and then I'll be a business life coach. And now I am a life coach. I have settled upon that for the last number of years. Um, but that's been my journey here. And after spending 15 months um, back in 2011, 
not working in corporate, uh, we decided we made a, a family decision to put our daughter in private school. So I had to make some money again because I wasn't making money as a health coach because I didn't really like it. Um, and so I went back into corporate, but I went back in with a new set of boundaries and what I was willing to put up with and not willing to put up with. And I've just had a really wonderful career. Um, I love that I have both a career and a calling, right? The career being the software development project manager, the calling being coaching. Like I said, I've done it my whole entire life. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love that you, um, well, I love so much of this, but the the part of right blending the mm -hmm. career and the calling, because so often we feel like both, we put a whole lot of pressure on what we do to carry both of those things. It has to make us the money that we want to make, and it has to be something that we're passionate about, we're called to do, and is most meaningful in our lives. Mm -hmm. And how do we find a way to blend those? And for you, it was blending them by, this is my day job, and this is what I do in my other parts of my time. Mm -hmm. um, so finding the ways to do that. I also have to say that all of the ishes, because ish means something else also in vernacular these days, I love that you put all the ishes in there. I was laughing about that as we were reading it. It just shows I have an ADHD brain and it's very hard to compartmentalize into this is what I'm going to focus on. And so me putting the ish is a lot, it allows my brain to flex as I want to flex. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's whether you're multi-passionate, which is how I define myself, whether mm -hmm. or not it, you are ADHD or have any other way, any other identity marker that you're putting out there, creating, and you use this word too, boundaries mm -hmm. for yourself and saying, this is right. It's kind of that scaffolding that I was yeah. talking about at the beginning. Well, I loved when you said that. That's very much how I approach my my team work at my day job is I think of it as I want to provide a large sandbox that kind of has um, some boundaries and constraints, but how we as a team choose to play in that sandbox, mm -hmm. that's where the creativity, that's where the art comes into play, right? So I love that. I love your visual of the scaffolding and just giving yourself a little bit of boundary and constraint and then playing within that. Yeah. Yeah. Play is huge. We talk oh, about it a for lot. Sure. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not playing, I, you don't want to know a gen that doesn't play. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, I love your career story too. And you talk about like how do you try things on, right? And we often don't know. We can like it's it's the sweater hanging in the right in the store, and you're like, oh yeah, that is gonna be so great. It's gonna look fantastic on me. Um, and then we try it on and it doesn't feel right or it doesn't look how we expected. And then oftentimes we're kind of like married to the purchase almost when we haven't uh, purchased it. You can still take it off and put it back. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes we get feel really somehow committed to that. Oh, to just saying like, that's what I want to do, or I'm going to love that. And then you try it on and you experiment around it. And it's, it's not at all what you imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of, I just went through my closet last weekend and pulled out clothes that have been in there since, you know, 2011. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I haven't worn them for years. It, it created so much space in my closet. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so funny. I um, So we moved from Chicago to Montreal 18 months ago. We're getting ready to move from uh, Montreal. We think next it's going to be kind of make a decision quickly here, but it's not really 100% up to us. But we're planning to move out to Vancouver, the Vancouver area. And um, thinking about going through another move, 
Like I can't wait to go through everything again and be like, no, 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 no. Because there is that place of knowing what works for you now mm-hmm. that it keeps working, but those things that don't work for you now that used to work for you. Like there are things in my closet that I've had for years that I'm like, why do I still have, like, why did I schlep that to Montreal? Like, why did I do that? How yeah. could I possibly have thought that I would suddenly want to wear that again? I always think of the toddler with the dirty diaper. They're just kind of dragging it around. Like, they're just kind of dealing with it because they have better stuff to do, right? Like play and yeah. <laughs> snack. And I'm like, what in my dirty diaper is ready to go? Oh, my gosh. That's a visual. <laughs> Sorry for that visual. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. It, and it can get stinky. Um, right. When we carry it around and we need to just put it down for sure. So how do you figure out, um, when it's time to put it down, when it's too stinky, when it's too, like, how do you figure that out? Yeah. I think about when, when it's impacting more than one area in your life. Right. So I'm very much about doing self check-ins often. And this comes from my project management, uh, we check in as teams at the end of every sprint, which is at the end of every two, two weeks, what's going well, what didn't go so well, what's keeping us up at night. So I just, I've over the years naturally do that myself. And it's, you know, if something is repeatedly coming up for me, it's time to do the work to, to either heal it, unravel it, understand it, um, choose to create new neural pathways around it, what have you. So it's just when it's repeatedly coming up, that's my cue. Mm. Yeah, I think too, like when I think about that, like we just don't spend enough time in our lives reflecting, right? We just get, get those boundaries and those blinders on. And then we, we're just like just moving through life. And, and it's that pause to do that a little, a self-evaluation to say, what is working and what, and what, what do I want to leave behind? Um, again, I, I feel like that sweater sometimes, like in our lives, we just are really stuck on hanging on to it or, right. And, and not really looking at what, what is this doing for me currently? Um, and just because it had a use doesn't mean it's something I want to bring forward. Um, I think too, like when we think about pivoting and career change and like, what do we, what do we do next? Like we can't jump from the, from the frying pan into the fire without really looking at like, what are those things that I really do want to take forward? Um, and what do I want to leave behind? And I, I just think like, like, you know, like Kim and I, we spend a lot of time on Fridays and that's, what's great about our like actually doing this podcast on Fridays is that we take that time to celebrate and we take that time to reflect on, on a weekly basis um, so that we can figure out like, no, those celebrations are things we want to um, bring forward. And and yeah, I just don't think like we do that in project management all the time. We do that in work, right. But we don't do that in our lives. Yeah. And I think the story that we tell ourselves is we don't have time, right. We live in a chaotic, busy world and we're just, we're so used to that story. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I would say it takes all of a couple of minutes each week for myself to sit down and, and, and do this. Now, has that been fine honed through the years? Absolutely. Right. Right. But the difference that it has or that it makes in your life is 
incrementally, exponentially better. And so if you can find that that window of five minutes to, to just do some self-inquiry, the results you're going to get are just exponentially better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in your bio and in here, you had you used the term doing the work. Oh, Can you talk yeah. to us about what the work is? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the work is anything that you need to do that you need to go through experience what have you to get to the other side of of where you want to be right and so you know i i'm not prescriptive in that like we said i i, I like to have my sandbox that we play in that's where my self method comes in um but doing the work it's so unique to each individual person but it's it's making a commitment that yes i am going to apply myself. I'm going to bring awareness to the situation. I'm going to challenge myself to, to get from point A to point B because point B is so important to me. Right. So whatever that looks like for each individual person, that's what I, I call doing the work. So I'd assume that has a lot of reflection kind of baked oh, into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my, we're, I know we're going to talk about self, but self-awareness, which is what we're talking about is like, that's the start, right? Because once you're aware, now it becomes a part of your, your brain, right? And, and now you have a choice. You can either do something with it or not. And the, there is no good, bad, right, or wrong here. It's, am I, am I in my adultness, my humanness, am I going to choose to work on this or am I going to choose to accept it? Right. Because acceptance now, again, we're making a choice with our adult brain and it's like, oh, I'm not going to work on that right now. Maybe it doesn't have as big of an impact on my day to day life as I think it does. So bringing just loads of awareness and you can't have awareness if you have the blinders up and you're not doing that self inquiry. You just can't. The two can't exist together. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful segue into kind of this, this self-evaluation mm -hmm. that we were talking about today, um, having that place of, of self-inquiry. Um, what are some of the, the tools that help you get into that space of self-inquiry? Oh, that is such a great question. Um, to get into the space of self-inquiry, I... My favorite tool for clients and myself is my future self work. And I know a lot of people do future self, but I take it a step further and I say, what is your 80 year old self? Like I, I, I have, <clears throat> excuse me. I have my clients paint a very detailed picture of their 80 year old self, right? Because when we're 80, We've reached the end of our career, if you will. Not everyone. I mean, there was a park ranger who started her career at, at 84, right? But for the most of us, we've kind of reached the end of our days. And what do you want to be reflecting back on? What do you want to still be doing? What do you still want to be living, right? And so creating this picture of the 80-year-old self and then mining that for the, the clues, if you will, the data of how can you bring that into your day-to-day -day life? And one example of this is my 80-year-old self is very feisty. Um, she is full of color. Like she's wearing funky earrings, funky, colorful shoes. Today, me wears a lot of black and white. And again, there's nothing good, bad, right, or wrong with that. I love black and white, but how can I add color? So you notice I have red glasses, right? This is kind of an homage to my 80-year-old self who wants to still be playful and vibrant and lively. So that's one of my favorite tools. Now, if that doesn't work for you, I think it's, it's um, I love, it's a tool called sitting in the seat of your soul. And I don't know who to attribute that to. 
but it's spending 10 minutes in silence and just asking your, your heart, what do I need to know? The first time I did this, I was very skeptical, but I'm kind of a, I'll try anything at once sort of person. And literally at eight minutes in, when I was about to give up, because I'm like, this is ridiculous. All of a sudden my soul was like, blah, 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 blah. You know, I just got a download. I'm like, whoa, that was really powerful. So sitting in silence and not trying to force an answer, I think is a great way to get into self-inquiry. I'd love to hear what, what works for you too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, we get in our way a lot. And, and right. And so, you know, as you're talking um, and sharing that, um, that we, we think we know what the answer already is. Right. And so like through my NLP training and really like starting to pay attention to the words that you're using um, on yourself uh, as, as a, as a place to really explore. Um, right. There are two words that I love for people to just start paying attention to. And that's should, how many, like, what kind of shoulding are you doing on yourself? Um, really start to pay attention to not just where you're using it out loud. So that's reinforcing it, right. Not only are you thinking it, but now you're hearing yourself say that, but where in your own, right. In your own silent thoughts, are you shoulding? Um, right. Jen, you mentioned a birthday tomorrow and I struggled for so many years with birthdays because they were full of shoulds, right? I should be here at this age. I should have this. I should have that. Right. And birthdays seem to be a reminder that, um, I wasn't somehow living to this like imaginary expectation that I put on myself, but it was that recognition of like, I should on myself a lot. Um, and so there's that one. And then the other word I love for folks to pay attention to is the the but, uh, right? And we just cut ourselves off at the knees when we start talking about, right? Like, um, I would love to, but, yeah. uh, right? I really want that, but. And there's just too many shoulds and too many buts. And we, and we limit our possibilities and we limit our creativity uh, because we, we feel like we're already stuck in this, right? We're already, we already are stuck in this sweater or we're already stuck in this space. And we can't think creatively outside of that. And so I love the power of words for sure. And just be, just paying attention to what you're saying. And those two words just, I think, um, are so are so key and foundational to what we set our how we set ourselves up for success. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of getting uh being an objective detective. And you've heard me say a couple of times, it's not good, bad, right, or wrong. It just is, right? And so how can we bring objectivity into um looking at our thoughts and what are the things we say to ourselves and not making it mean anything has gone wrong or that we've done something bad or we're a bad person. It's just, what is my brain offering me and what do I want to make it mean? That's something we learned in CLCC. Watch what you make it mean, right? Mm -hmm. It's very true. How can you, how can you kind of remove yourself from the emotion and just be really as you look at kind of the data and clues in front of you. I love that. Yeah. Well, you said the D word. I love data. Data, data, data. It's all yeah. about the data. It means yeah. nothing. It's what you assign to it. 
Yeah. That brings the meaning. And you get to choose what you assign to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's radical acceptance. Absolutely. Because when we come to a place of acceptance, there is no, we get to, we get to actively choose the meaning we attribute to it or not. We don't have to give any meaning to it. We just accept and then we're in choice and we allow ourselves to be in choice. Louise, I would add one word to that list that you gave and I would add the word can't. Because when we say we can't do something, we're giving away our power, we're giving away our choice, we're giving away, there, there's just a hard stop, I can't. And um, anytime I push up against a can't, whether it's within myself or with one of my clients, I know that's a space that we can lean into to do more self-inquiry. So I, like Louise, I listen to the, those words as well. It's like, ooh, what's that word about? Where can we open some more self-acceptance, some more radical acceptance, right? And do a little bit more self-inquiry. Um, Jen, I love... I love the 80-year-old. I very often use a very similar thing mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, let's get out of the today because the today is still so much connected with the past. Yeah, we're so close to it. Right. And with that, who do I want to be in five years? Like most people can say to yep. some relative of like what I want to do, what I want to be. It's usually what I want to be doing, not even who I want to be. Yeah. And when you're 80, you remove the, I think, the doing component. Absolutely. Right. You know, I, I'm looking at my mom who's about to turn 80 in like a two years, year and a half. I look at my mother-in-law who's well into her eighties. They're not focused on doing, they're focused on being. Right. Right. They are still doing. Well, my, my mom is more than my mother-in-law, unfortunately, but like, mm -hmm. the, but they're focused on being. And so for me, that, that access point is what can I use? What tools? And there's, I have a very large toolbox. Yep. What, what tools can I use to access the being? And that's where once I get to that space of where I'm not thinking about, and Louise and I have talked about this a lot lately, not asking how, mm. not asking the doing questions, but being staying in that place of beingness, that's where self-inquiry can really start and where I can really dive into it. Absolutely. One of the you know first questions would I wake up? And again, this didn't start, like I had to create a habit around this, but how do I want to be today? How do I mm -hmm. want to feel today? As I look to the things going on in my day, what energy do I want to bring into those? If I have a particularly sticky conversation I need to have, what energy, like pre-imagining what energy I want to bring into that, right? And it's just another way to, to start your day in that awareness space. Yeah. I do something similar and, and I found that I was slipping out of it by midday. And so I actually tie it to pulling an Oracle card and I'll put that. the card in front of me as just, a, it's not that I have to live off of what the card is saying, but it's a reminder that you set this intention earlier. I'm going to yep. use that as my touchstone to return to that. I have my sweary affirmation cards that my husband got me for Christmas. And I pull those, I pull one like kind of midday for that same reason. It's like, it's to remind me of who I want to be. Right. Because yeah. I mean, let's be honest, life can be, be really hard and chaotic. I mean, those things are true and we can be more intentional. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, we give so much of our power away. Right. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, talking about that, that, that self-awareness and that self-evaluation right, comes with that pause or that moment, mm -hmm. but to, to, to continue, right, to 
to be aware that it isn't just a one and done. So it's something that you just do, right, once a day or once a week or once a month. What we're talking about it is this, this ability to, to, to be enough in our bodies to know when we are slipping out of that flow or out of that place so that we can then do something about it. But I love that, Kim, you know, when you're talking about the doing and the being place, right? It's not, it, it's it's a flow and it, it takes a little bit of time and practice to be able to tap into like, I'm not, I'm not really showing up, right? How I, how I wanted to this morning or what my intention was. And, and without that evaluation, without that moment or that awareness, we, we can miss those opportunities to continue to, to do that. And it's just like a workout, right? And, and it does take that practice and that intentionality and whatever we need to, to be able to remind ourselves right, to do those things, just like, right, every hour, I want to get up and I want to do some yoga and I want to stretch and I want to be stuck in the seat. It's like it, the same thing goes for like, how do we like do those those mental self-awareness exercises so that it starts to become easier and easier for us to be able to tap into, right, that knowledge um, under our necks, right, and what is our body saying um, and get out of our heads for a minute. Yeah, and I think we tend to overthink what that needs to look like, right, and then that's, and then we get stuck because we're like, oh, it's too much. You could have just um, ended on we tend to overthink. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We make it to be this too big of a thing in our heads to tackle. And it's not. It literally is seconds sometimes of just orienting back to who do I want to be, right? Mm -hmm. And however, like you said, Louise, however you need to remind yourself. I've had clients that have set multiple, you know, reminders on their calendar. If that's, it's like doing whatever it takes to make it a habit. Because once it's a habit, you don't have to like think about it. You just, you are the person who does this. And it's, it's so freeing when you get to that that space. And it's from that place of freedom where we gain yes. flexibility. Flexibility, bringing it all <laughs> back. I love it. Thanks, Kim. You're welcome. Well, because I was hearing it and I was like, you're talking about flexibility. You're talking about yes. freedom. And that's what, you know, I primarily work with entrepreneurs. I know Louise works primarily with um, people who are still in an employment space um, and where they're being employed by somebody else. And it doesn't matter where you are in that. We all crave freedom. Yeah. We all crave it. And freedom comes from acknowledging, accepting, and taking responsibility for our own flexibility. But how do we access it? Yeah. You know, when Core Desired Feelings came out, eons ago, mm -hmm. one of my core desired feelings was freedom. And I had this picture in my head that I was traveling the world um, in, I don't know, like an RV or, you know, I, I was, it was a very different picture that I didn't even think was possible for me. So I spent mm -hmm. years having this incongruity, if you will, I don't even know if that's a word, between what what I felt was, what I thought was possible for me and this vision that I had created of what freedom meant. When I actually did my own work, I developed the, the definition of freedom for me that felt doable, achievable, and, and did the work to, to create that sense of freedom, which for me comes from contentment and, <clears throat> excuse me, contentment and safety in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't, as much as I would love to be traveling the world, you know, every day, all day, I have so much freedom in my life right now 
because I did the work to, again, feel that contentment and safety and satisfaction and fulfillment, that's what brings me freedom. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the, it's, it's being not doing right. My definition exactly. of freedom was very much about doing. And when I actually got serious about what it actually meant and looked like for me, it was a being. I oh, think yeah. that's true for most people. Yeah. We trip on the how. Yeah. We trip on that how so much. Yeah. Like, and, and, and how like it limits our creativity. Like mm -hmm. we give our power away. We limit our choices. Like we do all of those things when we're stuck in the how. I don't know how to make that happen. And it's like, make what happen? Like, yeah. can we just spend a little time on the what? Uh, and the why before we dive into the how that I think the how is the, the that's the easy part. Um, yeah. But we, it, if we do the work, if we do the what work and the why work, the how is, is it's the easy part. Um, yeah. But if we start with the how it, it we don't move forward at all. And, and we do we really get misaligned um, with uh, our values and how we are, how we think they're showing up in the world around those values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It gets super sticky in the why, or excuse me, in the how. It gets super sticky. It it's um, I continually find myself stuck in the how, and it's because right. I know that I am a chronic overthinker, yeah. And my work is a is an ongoing process and will be until my end of days. That's because it's how I'm wired. Yeah. I am wired to automatically think of the how. I'm I'm wired to overthink. I'm wired which causes me to have anxiety, right? And yeah. I it's it's who I am and how I show up in the world. I have radical acceptance that that's who I am and I'm doing the work, right? Through self and so uh, self-awareness, I'm doing the work to say that's not what I choose for myself. And so how do I want to show up instead? And so more of my time is now spent not in that space and yet that will that will continue to to show up. Not as a lesson, but that's just who I am. Yeah. And you can't get to that place of radical acceptance if you don't start with awareness. Right. It's it's literally not possible to accept something about yourself. You have to be aware of it. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. So in as we're talking about all of this, right, this this deep awareness, this self-acceptance and 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 inquiry, um, we're all obviously we've chosen this direction for ourselves and we work on it with our clients. Do you ever come across people who are resistant to do this work? Oh goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I bet I bet you can guess the answer to that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, not everyone is ready. Not everyone feels safe enough in their lives to to go down the path of doing the work because it will dredge up um, sometimes some very painful things. Again, it's not good, bad, right, or wrong. But, you know, it's if I have a client that is very resistant, um, it tells me that they're not feeling safe enough to do that self-exploration. And so that's what we're going to work on, right? And in some cases, it might, it might mean referring them out to a therapist who's better equipped to handle trauma, mental health issues, what have you. Um, but I really, I look for readiness in my clients. And again, don't make it mean anything has gone wrong if you're not ready. Yeah. You know, yeah, just means there's some additional work there to do and that's okay. Like we're, we're never like done, right? Until we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, my 80 year old is still like, she might learn a, a new language for all I know, mm -hmm. right? Because that's the, the, the mentality I want to have is that I'm still learning and growing 
until I'm literally on my deathbed. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because there's that place of, I see that person, right? Right. I see which direction I want to go. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not hearing you say, yes, you bought the red glasses as a nod to her, but you're not saying I have to be that person now. How do I become that person? You're not mm-hmm. pushing it. You're letting it unfold through that place of awareness. And, and I kind of think that that's what you were um, also alluding to with those clients that aren't quite ready mm-hmm. is where are you in your journey, in your process and what is that next opening for you? Yeah. It may not yeah. be this level of self-awareness. Yeah. You know, if your nervous system doesn't feel safe for whatever reason, it could be big T trauma. It could be a thousand little T traumas. It, you know, I, we don't know. Um, but if your nervous system isn't feeling safe, it's very hard to do, to actually go ahead and start building that awareness. And because you don't feel safe. You know, your nervous system isn't able to tell, is that a tiger lurking in the corner or do I have to have an uncomfortable conversation, right? To your nervous system, it's all the same thing. And so if that's where we need to start, then like you said, that's just our, that's just our starting point, right? But I'm not going to expect you to, um, to maybe build a a vision of your 80 year old self if you're not feeling safe in your body today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's that expectation that that's what we do is we push people to like, here we're gonna, you're going to change. All this stuff is going to happen. And so they feel like they need to have all these things yeah. ready before they even come to us versus we actually we can help you, you wherever you are. Yeah. We start where you're at. Absolutely. You know, you said that you're a natural overthinker. I'm a natural fixer. Like project management. I I mean, we talk about the, we do the how all the time. Mm -hmm. We're continuing, you know, we're driving projects based on how are we going to get this done? Um, So that's something that I have to be aware of and make sure I'm dialing into it uh, because people aren't to be fixed. Um, People aren't coming to me saying, fix me. I mean, they might say that, but they don't really mean it. Right. Right. My job is not to fix and so that's something that I have to dial and, and keep track of and not not step into fixing because that's not what they signed up for, yeah. right? That's not what they want from me. Yeah. They're going to do their work to, to resolve anything that's going on in their world that they want to make better. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because you're using that fixer part mm-hmm. of you in the day job part, right? Right. That- Right. And so you are able to use that as your superpower in one way. And so my, my chronic overthinking actually is a superpower of mine as well in that it helps because I'm a strategist. I help you strategize things. Well, overthinking is definitely going to be able to help you strategize. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let me just say some days it does get a little exhausting when I'm like full on fixing and then having to turn it down. Yes. You know, I've learned through the years how to take care of myself so that it's less exhausting. Another example of how self-awareness, self-inquiry allows you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that vision too. Like, right. Like there are things that we want to turn up and when they are too loud, there's a little bit of a shadow side sometimes Mm -hmm. depending on uh, our environment or who we're with. And 
I believe a lot of people think, well, but that's just me, right? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to be the overthinker. I'm just going to be the fixer and, and that's fine. And it's like, yes. And you're still a whole bunch of other things too. You still have a, a real deep toolbox that can allow you to turn down that, that superpower a little bit and then practice something else yeah. um, and find a new resource or find a new tool that can help you in that moment. And, and that is about reconnecting too with self, right? Because I think we get stuck in this place of, well, I'm not really authentic. If I'm not the problem solver, if I'm not the fixer all the time, then I, I'm just like, that's me and I'm not authentic in that space. And I don't believe that to be true at all. It's like, oh, you get to have a choice to turn the volume down a little bit on that superpower and try something else on and turn that up a little bit see how it feels see how it, it is in that moment and now you're just expanding um your whole toolbox and you're figuring out how those tools work you're no longer using a wrench like a hammer right you're like oh no i actually have a hammer uh and so that's all part of this authenticity piece too i think that we can get stuck in and, and feeling a little bit inauthentic when we're not all the time leaning into our superpowers. Yeah. And without, without that awareness, you're taking away your choices, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's literally what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're taking away your choices. I love how you, how you um, said that Louise. Yeah. And it brings to mind that idea of zone of excellence and zone of genius, right? Gay Hendricks's work. Um, because very often my, my overthinking was praised. Mm. Right. It was I, because people wanted to utilize that superpower. And so I got called to do it a lot. And the reality is, is there was a whole lot more to me than just overthinking. Right. I can be I can be prepared. I can get everybody else prepared. I can do all of that. But that's exhausting. And I don't want to live in that all the time. Mm -hmm. So what else can I bring online that's more in my zone of genius that makes me that fills me up while I'm doing or being it? Yeah. So. Well, on the topic of exhaustion, I think that is such a great way to cr uh, create awareness is, mm -hmm. is recognizing I'm exhausted and then asking why, why am I exhausting or exhausted? And then why am I exhausting? <laughs> why am I exhausted? <laughs> and then keep doing that inquiry of, well, but why, but why, but why, right? It's, it's like we're trying to find the clues and the data going back to the D word mm -hmm. so that we can do something with them. That's all self-awareness is, right? Is uncovering. Yeah. All those yeah. data points. Yeah. For our data junkies. I admit that I love data. I just don't talk about it. That much. <laughs> um, so this has been a phenomenal conversation. I just looked up at the time and I'm like, holy cow, that went really, really fast. Yeah. Um, so what are our golden nuggets? Like, what are we taking away? What are we going to put in our pockets? For me, it really is the how. Again, in my day job, I so I just I have to think of the how. Mm -hmm. And I love the conversation around how that kind of takes us out at the knees. If we're if we're thinking too much about the how and not the and who do I want to be? I think the two can go hand in hand, but I'd rather I want to start with the who do I want to be. So I'm I'm taking that away. Yeah, I love that. You know, you said, Jen, you said it a, a number of times today was that it's not good, bad, right or wrong. And to be able to kind of lean into that and look at whatever's going on from a very non-judgmental space mm -hmm. uh, is absolutely a skill. 
and something that, that we need to practice, that I need to practice. And, and, and I'm taking that away um, throughout the, this next week is to, is really like, let's, let's just put the, the judger uh, on the shelf for a moment and see like, what is, what is, what is really going on? Like, I would need to get back to the data. Um, yeah. The judger yeah. stops you mm-hmm. in your tracks, yeah. right? Where we want to get curious and you can't do that with judgment. Not at all. Yeah, Not at absolutely. all. And, and I think for me, really, it's, it's the work is never done, right? Mm-hmm. Although I know that it was really lovely to hear that is the work is never done. We're, we're always uh, a work in progress and a masterpiece yeah. at the same time. Thank you very much. Um, but it is yeah. where we are right now is the work that we need to be doing right now. And, and whatever that is, is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love collecting stories of older people that are doing amazing things. Like the woman who wrote 13 stories of women's erotic lives at the age of 80 and the park ranger who retired at a hundred, like mm-hmm. what? There's so much possibility and scenarios and opportunities in front of us, no matter our age. And I will say you get to learn about these fabulous stories if you follow Jen on social on the socials because she posts them and they're awesome and they make you feel really good when you read them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jen, where else can people find you? Yeah. So I love I right now Facebook is my favorite. Um, my personal profile is Jennifer Vertnin. I'm sure the link will be in the show notes. And then I'm on Instagram, but not as much. I really I'm leaning into Facebook right now and just building community and conversations there. And they can also check you out over at your website. Is that correct? Yep. JenBurtonin.com. Yep. Perfect. There's the website for people who want the visual, right? All different types of learning. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, And um, what do you have coming up, going on um, that you want to share with us? Yeah, I am going to be launching my first ever uh, group course called Project Love Your Damn Self where we dive into all things loving your damn self, which uh, if you can guess has a lot to do with awareness um, and gathering the clues. I don't have a date on that yet. Um, This will be a beta round, which means there's going to be more one-on-one support than would normally be. So if that's something that folks are interested in, I'd love to have a conversation. Um, The easiest way would be either to email me, jen at jenpertinent.com, or um, hop over to my website and get on my list. Take the 80-year-old self quiz, which is just fun. Um, Or come say hi on Facebook. Um, But yeah, looking for beta testers, which means a beta price, right? And and it means I might make a mistake here or there because I'm learning too. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, as you saw from the beginning of today's show, we are a mistake-making place. <laughs> we love mistakes here. Louise, what do we have going on? Uh, we have, uh, as always, you can catch us uh, weekly here on Kick-Ass Conversations. Next week coming up, it's all about where your attention goes. Um, and that's Kim and I uh, getting down and dirty on understanding that and how that can pull us uh, where we need to go or pull us away from where we need to go. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. So that's where you find us. Absolutely. So exciting. Jen, this was an absolute joy having you um, join us. Um, you know, it. I love following all of your stuff and your antics out in the world and your 80 year old self is definitely already showing through. I will tell oh, you that awesome. much from this side of the world. Thank um, you. I love this said antics. Yes. Antics. I'm full of antics. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in. We are so glad that you spent some more time with us. We hope that you had your own golden nuggets that you're able to take away with you today. And we hope to see you next week on another kick-ass conversation with Louise and Kim. Thanks everyone. Take thank care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye now.